Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It is certainly good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. The best place I know to be is right here. Or in the house of the Lord somewhere. Amen. If you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Begin reading at verse 1, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, speaking of Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tomb a man with an unclean spirit. Seems like we run into that daily. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could take no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Verse 5, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. And verse 6, But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. What a powerful story. I said, what a powerful story. I'd like to talk to us for a few minutes here this morning on just the subject, no more chains. How many is actually free this morning by the power of the Holy Ghost? Remember the night they were no more chains? Remember the night you had your encounter with Christ? Remember that? I don't ever, ever want to forget that experience that night. Because that one single night of my life is still giving me power over evil today. Because I can look back at the condition I was in when he found me and I found him. Amen? It was a two-way thing here. And I remember what I was that night, went to that altar seeking deliverance. And I also remember very well what the man I became instantly, I said instantly at that church. Now I know you've heard me say it a lot of times, but it's my story and I personally don't get tired of it. <laughs> It is my strength, what God done in my life when I had my first encounter with Christ. I'm telling you today, in one encounter with him can break every single chain that seems to hold you bondage. Every addiction, everything that has hindered you, stopped you, drug you back can change in one encounter with Christ. Hello? You don't have to lay on his couch for six months. You can find what you need in an altar in just a few minutes. You say, who's the Holy Ghost for? Whosoever will. Do you hear? I think sometimes we confuse heaven with salvation. It's two totally, two totally different subjects. Yes, you have to have salvation to go to heaven, but the requirements for salvation are not the same as they are for heaven. Can I make a point there? 
The altar's for whosoever will. He saves you in the condition he finds you. There is no go home and take care of this. You can take care of that today. Hello? Now, if you're going to talk about heaven, there are requirements. That's not for come as you are and go. That is, you have got to meet the conditions of this book. And those aren't man-made standards. I don't go by them either. But when we talk principle, let's go to the book. The book outweighs every opinion. Hello? I've searched for my opinion in here. I can't seem to find it. (laughs) And guess what? I can't find yours either. There's a difference in going to heaven than coming as you are. He'll save you in the condition he finds you. He saved the lady caught in the very act of adultery in the condition he found her. This man was in a hopeless situation. I'm so glad our Savior didn't say, well, everybody else has tried to fix you, so it's probably not going to work for me either. Hello, somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This man was hopeless. No help. No one could help him. That's where I was when he found me. I talked to doctors about my alcoholism. All the good advice they gave me did not work for me. I still went to bed drunk. And you know why I went to bed drunk and so stoned? Because God was talking to my heart. And the only way I thought I could shut that voice off is just go to bed so drunk that I'd be so drunk that I didn't have to listen to that voice. But I'm telling you, there's no, there is no wall you can build to stop the voice of God from speaking to your heart. If God's got his radar on you, you might as well surrender. Jonah found that out. (laughs) No place to run, folks. And you say, well, he ain't going to go against my will. No, he will never cross your will and make you serve him. But, oh, my Lord, he's going to make you wish you listened. And we hear all this popular stuff. I'm telling you now, when you run from God, prepare to run right into a storm that you caused, that I caused. Jonah could have saved himself a lot of added verses and chapters if he'd have listened the first time. Come on, somebody, preach with me. If the word would have came to him and he'd have got up and went, there'd be no well, there'd be no added verses, there'd be no added chapters. God wouldn't have sent a storm. See all the stuff that was added? Because he refused to listen. And when we refuse to listen, we run right into a storm that God sends. Some of y'all act like God don't send storms. I'm telling you right now, God will shake your whole foundation to get your attention. Oh, he'll shake it all up. Amen? But Jesus just rebuked a storm in the fourth chapter, coming into the fifth here where we are. The storm was going. The Bible calls it a great storm. The Bible says that the ship was filling up, and they seemed in a hopeless situation. The reason I want to point that out is because of this. 
he had just showed his disciples and he said, peace be still, correct? And the storm stopped, correct? What was going on here? He rebuked that storm because he was preparing them for this storm. Preach with me, somebody. Do you know storms prepare you for other storms? But that also means if you go from storm to storm, that also means you can go from victory to victory. Hello, somebody. A storm don't have to take you out. You can weather the storm. You can endure the storm. And then sometimes, hear me, church, I've been in situations I didn't know anything about the storm I was in. I didn't know why. I didn't really know how. I couldn't get nothing out of it. I don't even know why I'm going through it. But then God showed me one day where the book of Acts, where the apostle Paul shipped, it, it got broke up. And the little thing that said, some made it to shore by boards, some by swimming. And it's like the voice of the Lord said, sometimes you just got to ride the storm out. You won't always understand it, but grab a board, grab something, just keep going forward. You got to ride your storms out. That's the only way we reach the other side is ride that storm out. But he rebuked that storm and that should have increased their faith. The wind ceased. He said, peace be still. God can still bring calm to our storms with as simple as peace be still. Sometimes I think we get the impression that God begs storms to stop. God speaks. He doesn't beg. God doesn't ask your storm permission to stop. God tells them to stop. That's just like I've always said about healing. Healing is just a matter of God saying so. He don't beg cancer to leave. He tells cancer to leave. Come on, somebody, stand on the authority of the word. Your miracle and deliverance and healing is the only thing standing in that way is God saying so. That's it. That's it. Then we got people say, well, you know, they never got healed. Maybe they didn't have no faith. That is probably one of the most dumbest remarks I've ever heard in my life concerning Christianity. Dumb. How many people believe in Hebrews chapter 11 they were put there because of faith? By faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by faith, all this by faith. Then there toward the end it says, and these all died in the faith. Just because it don't work out the way you want it doesn't mean there was something wrong with your faith. We need to preach the other side of this coin. You don't have to have great faith to see a miracle. Jesus himself said that. Just that little grain of mustard seed can move a mountain. Sometimes our faith's in the basement. You just don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got and just believe God for it. Come on. And then when faith's gone, reach out and grab some hope. Satan can't kill hope. I have hope. You say the world's gone crazy. I know. But I still have hope. I still have hope. I'm hoping and I'm praying. I know there's a day of coming. Woo. I don't know when. I'm just praying I'm on board the train when it pulls out. And you should be too. He rebuked a storm. As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, somebody say immediately, here came this 
man filled with legions. Legions. Immediately. You know what I think brought him from the tombs and the mountains all the way to the boat? Hope. Hope. They tried everything. Remember the song, if you've tried everything and everything has failed, and let me alert you, everything will fail. This earth is going to pass away. All things aren't going to continue as they are. Can I turn the light on? Jesus is coming soon. I said he's coming soon. I'm not distracted. I don't unbelieve. I don't care if I've been waiting 35 years. I see it as what's one more day, Sister Irvin? What's one more day to wait on his soon return? He's coming back. And I'm leaving. Are you leaving? And if you say, well, I don't know, then you're too far from God anyway. This ain't a I think so salvation. This is a I know so salvation. Come on. Have you been baptized in his name? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you living a life that pleasing unto him? If you said yes to those three things, you're leaving. Don't let the devil tell you any different. I said we're leaving. We're getting out of here. We have hope. Hang on to that hope. We have hope. Amen. So immediately he come running. Jesus prepared a storm just before that. But here's another thing I'd like to point out. At some point in your Christian walk with God, and probably more than once, but I can promise you, everybody in this building that is following Christ will have a personal encounter with Satan himself. I try to scare you and ruin your, ruin your dinner, but you're going to have to fight some battles to get to this place. You say, well, Satan ain't bothering me. Daddy used to tell me he must have you. <laughs> Satan usually don't come around snooping for people he already has. He wants what he don't have. Don't you ever forget that. As long as you're fighting Satan, he don't have you. Can somebody say amen? As long as he's after you, you know he ain't got you. Hello? Jesus had a personal encounter with Satan, did he not? Did he not? And how did he defeat him? Not with, well, this is what my church says I must do. (laughs) This is what religion says to do. Let me tell you the only way you're going to defeat Satan. It is written. There's a powerful lesson in it is written. It is written. It is written. When Satan comes lying to you, the best way to fight him is say, oh, it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Somebody shout, it is written. It is written. It is written. Our life, it is written. I know the outcome. It is written. I know what he'll do for me. It is written. Stand on the word. It is written. Woo, that's how you win your battles. It's written. People saying, I wish God would speak to me. Uh, here's a whole Bible. Pick it up and he will. Well, I want the lightning bolt. How about the still small voice? Woo, come on, somebody. I've had more small still voices speak to me than them lightning bolts from heaven ever did. Because I'm going to tell you why. Here's my opinion. God don't have to prove anything to the church, to the world, or nothing. It is written, Brother Gall, right here. You want to know what it says? Pick it up. 
pick it up. Pick it up. You want to know the voice of God? Pick it up. You want to know the will of God? Pick it up. You want to know what God thinks about something? Pick it up. Because I promise you, it is written. That's how you win spiritual battles. That's how you determine a lie from Satan and a truth from God's word. Hello? And God don't operate outside his word. I don't care how many people talking in tongues, running out, laying hands and people receiving miracles. They cannot operate outside of the scriptures and be called of God. I said what I said. If you believe that, then you don't believe it is written. You remember one thing. Every move of the Holy Ghost is still subject to the word of the Lord. Say what I said. There's nothing higher than this. Nothing. This is God's word to humanity. Sister Irvin, it will never change. Never pass away. He's never going to change his mind. He's not going to say, oops, I didn't mean to say that. It is written. The end. If you're looking for the end, there's the period. It is written. You want to know what he thinks? Read it. So this encounter comes. There's this uh, situation, and the Lord's encountering this man. I'm sure the disciples are on the boat are going, wow, what a lunatic. Because <laughs> this man was possessed with three to 6,000 devils. Now, I got into a good discussion the other day when someone said, well, do you believe in modern-day witches? And I said, well, of course. I believe in modern-day evil spirits. How can you not? You say you believe in a devil and don't believe in evil spirits. Where do you think they're coming from? We fight evil spirits daily. And they said, well, I don't know why an inner church would entertain that. I said, I'll tell you why a church would entertain that. Not entertain as in acceptance, entertain as in deliverance. There's a big difference. Because here's what religion said. Burn them witches. That's the dark ages. Religion had its chance. That's why they call it the dark ages. Because religion cannot save you. Hello? No, 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 no. We don't burn witches anymore. We pray them through the power of the Holy Ghost and watch them walk out of our churches delivered. As of anybody else drug addiction. It does not matter. We have, we have this tendency as humans to place addictions and, well, they're addicted to meth and they're addicted to this. But isn't addiction addiction? Hello? And then we got Satan shaming us and you hear what I'm about to say? I don't apologize for this. There are people that could be sitting here today. You're addicted to pornography. I'm just saying what I feel today. Not too many people want to talk about it. You're addicted to pornography, but because you have been shamed and act like it's the only bad addiction out there, I'm telling you there's deliverance from porn, meth, drugs, spirits. I don't care what you're coming from. You come as you are. Bring that addiction, and Christ can set you free. Don't let Satan back you in the corner over some addiction. Take it to God. You can take anything to God. My Lord, you already heard all the stuff I confessed. I still don't tell people out loud some of the stuff I confessed. They were bad. 
But I didn't hear him say, Woo, I don't know about that one. Woo, ooh, I will, Steve, I don't know about that one. Are you hearing me? I had a lot of stuff to repent over. But oh, I'm so glad his mercies are new every morning. I said every morning. Your yesterday failures don't have to follow you into this today. Because this morning, your alarm clock didn't wake you up. It was the mercies of God that woke you up. It is new every morning. We have mercy that we haven't even used yet. How am I going to face tomorrow? Very simple. When the sun comes up, so Hello? The problem is we just don't want to confess, own our mistakes, and be honest with God where we are in our walk with God. And you say, well, the Bible says confess your faults one to another. Yeah, but I don't think that means you're running around blabbing everything about your problems to people. You always remember what I'm about to tell you. The more people that know about your problems, probably the more problems you're going to have. I'm going to be nice, but some of y'all talk too much. You're handing out way too much information. Remember what you say can and will be used against you. Hello? Some of you just need to shut up and take it to God in prayer and let him and you just work that stuff all out. Come on. Because as soon as, and then you always need a voice in your life. You need somebody you can fight in. That's not what I'm saying. But my Lord, you, you don't have to announce to the choir what your problem is. Because you ain't got a problem that God can't handle. That's how we got to view this thing. I view my walk with God. There is no failure I can do, no sin I can commit, nothing I can say that would cause God to stop loving me. I'm talking about a man that came to Jesus that had a lot of chains, a lot of darkness. No one could help him. Brother Zucky, they tried everything. That's said they tried everything. He dwelt in the tombs. Isn't it amazing? Hear me. Somebody say he dwelt in the tombs. So you say, well, where I hang out out doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. He was hanging out with the dead. He was hanging out with wrong spirits. He was hanging out with that stuff. You ain't never going to find deliverance in dark rooms. You want deliverance, it's always going to be in the light. When you come to Christ, you come out of darkness. Preach with me. Out of darkness, what? Into his marvelous light. You don't find it in the darkness. You bring that darkness to the light, and the light breaks that darkness. Come on. Light cannot, darkness cannot stay where there's light. I don't care if it's one candle. It lit on this platform. If you were standing back there coming in the door, you could see that one candle, even though the whole building was dark. Why? Because light breaks darkness. Every dark thing that's hanging over you, bring it to the light. I said, bring it to the light. That's where you're going to find deliverance. Hello? I wish people would talk to God as much as they did on their cell phones and gossiping and talking to everybody else. Oh, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Yeah, but you got it off your chest to the wrong person. God might have been listening, but you weren't asking forgiveness. And I'm going to interrupt that. You can't be forgiven for things you haven't asked forgiveness for. Somebody preach with me. They act like God just hands this out. No, there is a principle. There is a principle. If you want forgiveness, you must ask for it. Does it not say seek and you'll find? Knock. You know why? Those are principles. 
I said, I follow principles. You want to know what Christ thinks? Look at his behavior pattern. I follow behavior pattern. Brother Zucky, I follow it with people. I necessarily don't believe a lot of stuff people are saying. I don't listen to actually what people say a lot. I watch behavior patterns. They never lie. People can say whatever they want. Hello? I know you think people that say they're Christians don't lie. Please wake up. Please wake up. A lot of people believe Jim Jones was telling them the truth, too. We know the end of that story. Are you hearing me? Don't be naive. Trace everything to the principles of God's word. Right here. Right here, brothers. It don't get no more fact-checked than this book. And you know what? The fact-checks that comes from this book, they ain't lies. This checks every spirit. Woo, come on. This even knows your thoughts before you think them. That's why a lot of people don't want to read this word because it's like opening up a mirror to the, where they're living. Oh, well, you know, we're living in a generation. We're not supposed to do that. How do you expect to be saved if you don't know where you're living and what you got from Christ? Huh? We're living in a generation no one's toes wants to be stepped on. You know what? If I'm going to miss heaven, please step on my toes. Please check me at the door. I'd rather you hurt my feelings and be saved than you let me go on my way and ignore the sign that the bridge is out. We need preachers that will say the bridge is out. Turn around. You're a watchman on the wall. Sound the alarm. Hello? I have a personal view of that, and it's my opinion. If you're not going to sound the alarm, why are you on the wall? And you can sound the alarm with grace. Mercy and right spirit. Some people's problem is they sound in the alarm. They just sound it in such a way that people hate it. Our object in Pentecostal churches is not to get people to hate us and hate our message and hate the way we do things. Our first and foremost object is to introduce people to the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, I'm trying to straighten them up to pastor them. Can I give you some advice? If they fall in love with Jesus, they become easier to pastor. People that are in love with Jesus just say, okay. It's like when you got the Holy Ghost. It's, it's not, I will, I will, I will, I won't, I won't. Thou shall not, thou shall not. Now it becomes, I will not. <laughs> I will not. That's what the Holy Ghost power is, Brother Zelke. It ain't because thou shalt not, it's I will not. You know, for all the thou shalt nots, they kept right on doing. They had the law posted on garments above their head. Everywhere they went, they read the law and kept right on breaking that law. So you tell me how your policies is going to change people. That ain't what changes people. That ain't what policies don't change people. We keep putting policies in our country and things keep getting worse. Policy's not the answer. The answer is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the power of God's Spirit. That's what changes lives. Man, I ain't even going to get to finish, but oh well. <laughs> anyway, he was there night and day. Let me go through this in about four or five minutes. Night and day cutting himself, correct? No man could tame him. They tried. He'd break their chains. Nothing even phased him. He lived in the tombs, so he was in the darkness. But it's amazing, as soon as Christ landed that boat, that ship, whatever you want to call it, on that seashore, 
That man was already running out of the mountains. You know why? He knew something had arrived that offered true hope. Woo, hello. Are you hearing me? Now, here's Steve Powell's opinion. And you really can't prove me wrong, so we're going to go with it. <laughs> what brought him out of the mountains? Hope. But how did he know Jesus was around? I don't know how far the, where he was from where that shore was. I don't even know if he can see him. But here's what I do know. When the presence of the Lord walks into the atmosphere, everybody knows. Preach with me. When, when the presence of the Lord comes in this building, we all know who's here. When God starts healing people, we all know what's happening. When God starts saving people, we all know what's happening. You want to know why? Because his presence just walked into this house. And where the presence of the Lord is, preach with me, there is liberty, there is freedom, there is healing. You know what I think brought the man out of the tombs? He felt something he had never felt at that doctor's office uh, when they were putting chains on him. Uh, you know what they were trying to do to his bondage? Put more chains. Put more chains. That's not how Jesus does it. He breaks chains. He takes off chains. He sets free. He ain't going to put another chain on you. He's not going to bind you more. He's going to loose you and let you go. Bring your addictions and your evils and your darkness to the presence of the Lord. Because where his presence is, there is fullness it's all about his presence. I said it's all about his presence. Now, I know we all here, we like WMAC. We love the people. I get all that. And that's a good reason to be in a church. But you know the main reason that most of us are here? It's because of what we feel. Think of this. Because of all of our disagreements, our getting mad at each other, you say, that don't happen here. Please don't kid yourself. All of our disagreements, let me repeat that again. Everything that somebody should have done, didn't do. You know what brings you back? Because there's something here that you have felt for a long time. That's what keeps you coming. is the presence of the Lord. We know he's going to meet with us here. For all of our failures, for all of our misunderstandings, for all of our don'ts, for even all of sometimes our sins, our mess-ups through the week, here's what Steve Powell's know. No matter how kind of week I had, no matter if I fell seven times and had to get up eight, I know I can find the presence of the Lord here. And that's what makes all the difference is his presence now, you think you would keep coming back here if you felt nothing? I wouldn't have a religion I couldn't feel. What's wrong with you? I need to feel this thing. Come on, I said, I need to feel this thing. I need to feel God in the sanctuary because this is his dwelling place. People say, I don't have to go to church to be saved. Well, you can't stay home and be saved either. Unless you're sick, we get that. Disabilities, we get that. I get people are sick and can't come. And I think God's got to, I think God understands the end from the beginning. I don't think that's going to be held against anybody. But to use the, can I just be really honest? I mean, I'm going to anyway, so you might as well say yes. I think COVID served good reasons in a couple ways and bad in another. 
the good way, I think, COVID and the online church forced the church to get out of their natural stuff. It really did. It forced the church that if you wanted to minister to people, you were going to have to change up the game plan. Could you agree with that? And aren't you glad that during COVID, when churches, a lot of churches wouldn't open, that at least you could still get online and watch church? It was a blessing. Everybody that was involved that made that happen, I thank them that they went out of the way. Sometimes it was just a handful of people in this building trying to minister to the church. I know I've been here. I've ministered. I've watched. I mean, I had one time in Destiny was goofing off, and I said, do I got time to use the restroom? She said, yeah. The next thing I know, I was supposed to be back in there, and I was running down the hall trying to get back in there. <laughs> Goofing off. She was laughing. I was laughing. Just a handful of people. Creating effort, sound people, speaker, a couple more, trying to bring online to a church because they knew the situation had changed the way we had to do things. So you see, that didn't set well with compromising people. I'm going to tell you right now about that little word we call evil compromise. If you don't ever compromise, you're going to be left behind. Can I just put that out there? Because everything calls from compromise. That job you go to every day, I'll not change. Well, then you're probably getting fired. You say, well, I'm not changing for my wife. No compromise. Well, you're probably getting a divorce. Are you hearing me? Sometimes you got to change your bullheadedness. And that self will break it, humble it. If it's for the better of the moving of the Holy Ghost, who cares what you personally think? I said that. No one in the building, you get mad, get mad at me. I said that. God's will is above all. It should be placed above all. So COVID did great of forcing the church. I believe more people will reach through online services than we would have reached if we'd have stayed in our building. Really? So God moved them out of the book of Acts. Remember, Brother Zoki? He allowed all this stuff to happen. And Satan said, I'm moving the church out with all of this persecution. But all Satan done is when they moved them out of the Acts uh, church and started causing persecution, they just start taking the gospel all over the world. So once again, you never silence the church. Hear me. You will not silence the church. You cannot silence the church because God's voice is louder than all. Are you with me? None of this was in my notes, so I really feel led what I'm teaching this morning in the direction I ended up going. But I'm telling you, so that wise, COVID did, what we did was great. But then on the drop flip side, where is the temptation in that? Let's talk about that. Where is the failure of some people in that? Now they've gotten so used to online, they feel they no longer need church. But I'm telling you now, I've stayed home and watched online, not feeling good. Thank God it's there. But that does not dismiss the fact of assembling yourself together so much more as you see the day approaching. Now people use it for an excuse to stay home when at one time it was a necessity to have. Now people have shifted the necessity to the excuse. Well, I don't need them people. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You're saying you don't need the fellowship of God's people? 
I can tell you right now, several brethren in this church didn't know a thing about anything in my life and have walked up to me and gave me a word that I would have never received sitting on my couch. Brother Jones, I still remember some things you come told me, and you were dead on, my friend, and I listened. You know why? None of us get too big that we can't listen. Brother Zoki, you've given me a word. Thank God somebody is sensitive enough in the Holy Ghost to give you a word. We need each other. We need each other. We need each other. You need the church. The church needs you. And we all need Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Raise your hands to the Lord. The Bible tells us, and I'm getting ready to close, that when he saw Jesus, he ran to him. He ran to him. He knew his answer was there. He knew what he needed had been found. I'm telling you, whatever you need, you can find it today. And the power, power point of all of that, and I know we've all heard what I'm about to say, but it still remains true. That three to six thousand devils, however your math goes with what the word legion means, because he had legions, sons, as could not stop this man from coming to Christ. They kept him in the tombs, they kept him cutting himself, they kept offering him no hope. But when the Savior arrived, none of that could stop him from coming to Jesus. What is your excuse and hang up? You have none. 6,000 devils cannot stop you from coming to the Savior. Ooh, hear me real good. You ain't got an addiction that's stronger than that, my friend. If you want to come to him, you can. He delivered this man. He set this man free. He threw them devils out into the swine or the pigs, and we know what they done. They ran down a hill violently, and they drowned themselves. And somebody said, why do you think he'd done that? I said, to prove not even pigs like devils. I don't know. <laughs> they killed themselves. They ran down into the water and drowned. The point is, the man didn't go search for them where they went. Jesus just sent them on their way. Once again, no begging. No begging, Sister Herbert. Just lose him and let him go. That's all the master has to say to your problem, your darkness, your medical issue. Be healed. That's all he's got to say. Peace be still. That's all he's got to say. God will never beg your situation. He commands our situations. Amen. Stand with me if you would. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and let's just spend a time and have a refreshing of prayer.